Did they make the oh, I don't, I don't know. It's pretty close, but this is going to be a tag race. Look at this. Moves wow. out to win it. Carl Edwards bumping, dump, and run. Here comes Gordon right up to the bumper again. The bump and run. There it is. And made a really turn around, made a rally stage up. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome to the Bumper Run Podcast. I'm your host, Michael D. White, joined by my two best friends, Matt the Statman Riley and Eric Daytona Ron. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Hope you guys had a Denny Hamlin Coke 600 type of weekend. It was a long weekend. It was a long race. We got tons and tons to talk about. But first, fellas, how are you doing? Oh, first, make sure you like, share, subscribe. You know the deal by now. Fellas, how are you doing? Statman Matt, Daytona Ron, you enjoy the long weekend? It wasn't long enough, though. It wasn't yeah. long enough. You can Never always, that enough. holiday you get, you always need the day after. And I didn't get that. I would have loved it, but um, it was a great weekend. I, I, I enjoyed myself. Dude, I was so jealous of the people at work today that took today off and made it an extra long holiday. I should have did that. You got to remember for later on, Memorial, or, uh, Labor Day coming up. At the end of the summer. How about you, Matt? How was your weekend? I saw Daytona Ron live in person this weekend, but I didn't get a chance to see you. Uh, how How is everything going? You enjoy the race? You enjoy uh, the movies this weekend? Fantastic. Thanks for teeing me up, buddy, because you knew I was going to talk about it. So thank you for everyone who uh, who's, who's listening to the show. We tricked you. We're not going to talk about racing. This is going to be a full hour and a half review of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, the top, let's let's jump into it. So I was a big fan of the first Top Gun as a kid. Uh, that Days of Thunder just went back and forth. In fact, I got in trouble as a child for calling my brother a dickhead um, <laughs> because I heard it in Top Gun. I was like seven. My mother's like, where'd you hear that word? I'm like, Top Gun. She was like, oh, well, I, I bought the VHS for you. So that's kind of on me. But uh, yeah, you went to see Maverick. How was it, bro? It was awesome. It was so good. I know I was telling you guys a little bit, a little about it before we started recording, but um, to go back to Friday, you know, I had made myself a promise that like at some point during this long weekend, I'm going to see Top Gun Maverick. And I had just bought two tickets for on Friday for Monday, not telling my wife. Well, I mentioned it to her. I was like, Hey, we're going to see Top Gun on Monday. Yeah. So I haven't even seen the first one. So I'm like, okay, well, like, what kind of husband would I be if I just let my life, my wife, go her entire life without seeing Top Gun? I know, right? Like, so, you gotta, you got, you gotta so, see the source material to see the sequel, you know? So yeah, well, that's what I mean. So naturally, that gave us something to do Friday night. I said, we're watching it. We've got to watch the first one. We've got to set the table right for you. So when we get to the movies on Monday, you know what's going on. Yeah. So we did. We watched it. She liked it. At least she maybe pretended like she liked it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we went yesterday to see it and it didn't disappoint. It was the movie of the year. I, I'm, I'm trying not to overstate it, but it was everything you could have possibly wanted in a Top Gun sequel. Now, did you have to see the first one to understand the sequel? Or do they do enough flashbacks where you kind of get the gist of what you need to know? They do enough flashbacks to give you the information that you need. So you don't need to see the first one, but seeing the first one absolutely helps. Yeah. You know what? So I want I want a Top Gun prequel in Vietnam with with fucking Pete Mitchell's dad. You know, I yeah. want to I want to know that one. Yeah. Yeah, I it was everything that you could have hoped for. I mean, the the storyline, the plot, it was it was perfect. Did they go so to So it was kind of like the race on Sunday night. It yeah. was perfect. Just everything the, you could have everything you could have wanted. 
right. I tell well, you, well, there were some things that I could have done without throughout that race, but we'll get into it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand. Well, it is very interesting race to talk about. Should we jump right into it? Let's yeah. do it. Let's, yeah, let's we, we, we got a lot to talk about. Um, let's jump into NASCAR news, man. I'm going to struggle with this one right here. So uh, I forget. Did we talk about Trackhouse's Project 91 car last week? No, no. The, no. the news broke afterwards, I believe. So they teased that they're going to have a, a third entry Trackhouse racing and uh, they're leaving it up to other other forms of motorsports drivers to come over and and race. And they announced the first uh, driver who's going to take it. It's uh, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen and <laughs> so behind the velvet rope, behind the scenes. Uh, I sent you a YouTube video that literally said it for six minutes. I practice. I've been I, waiting for that moment for four days. I practice how to say Kim Kimi Raikkonen, Raikkonen, whatever. I practiced it a million times after you sent that video. Completely forgot about it over the weekend did the nascar news today and go fuck i'm not gonna be able to save this shit for for at all anyways uh kimmy raikkonen is gonna be running the project 91 car at watkins Glen coming up this summer uh, of course he's a former f1 champion and a no stranger to stock car racing he ran for kbm for a handful of races in trucks and xfinity what do you guys think about the whole project 91 car deal with track house and uh a former F1 champion coming over. Apparently, speaking of Top Gun, they call him the Iceman yeah. on the F1 circuit. So uh, how you guys feel about this one? I love it. Um, I just think now is like they're jumping on an opportunity and a moment in time when this could be the best thing um, going because motorsports in general i was thinking about checkers and wreckers for this week and i'm like man i go motorsports in general might get my you know my checkers just because the indy 500 the crowd was absolutely phenomenal and you know the coke 600 crowd was phenomenal everyone f1 series is booming just motorsports in general so like them opening up this ride for us to kind of merge the sports and get more eyes on our sport um, of NASCAR, I don't think there's a there's a better time than now in the present to kind of meld these these um, series together in a way as far as the fan bases go because they're all unique in their own ways and I think instead of um, us versus them, it should be you know motorsports. That's what we should be fighting for as fans and and I think this will help tremendously help merge motorsports in general, not just NASCAR to F1 and Indy. I think anybody coming from Rallycross, I saw little snippets of the, um, like the trailer of, of, of this too. So like they're going from all sorts of racing, not just um, the top tier ones. They're, they're, they're going to get drivers from, from all sorts of, uh, you know, international different countries, get them over here. And, yeah. and I think the more eyes on the sport, the better it is for us. So um, it motorsports in general, I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, I agree. I mean, no stranger. Uh, we're not the biggest F1 fans, to be honest with you. But uh, we we all believe that just the growth of motorsports in general is good for all motorsports, you know, and, and any sort of crossover. But if you are a fan of F1, you want to give our buddy Puff a follow, friend of the show, Puff. Check him out on Twitter, Puffavelli. Uh, he actually called that Kimmy was going to be the first driver 
Uh, he called it out on Twitter. He's got a podcast to NEPA Picks on Twitter if you want to check out his betting podcast. And uh, they talk a little F1 on there, too. So I uh, got to give a friend of the show a shout out there. Do a little cross promotion with him. Have well, him on the show. Do some do some NASCAR picks with us. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe when this Project 91 car takes off at Watkins Glen, we'll have him uh, come on. Give us a little heads up on what uh, Kimmy's all about and uh, the Iceman and whatnot. But uh, but for now, I'm looking forward to it. Loving to see uh, a little bit of crossover and stuff. It kind of reminded me. Um, you remember there was like kind of this boom of road course ringers for the longest time in the nineties and two thousands, but they're always kind of in like garbage cars, you know? So I feel like this is the first time we might see like a road course ringer in a worthy car. Uh, I've always whitey every you. That's a great point because I've always said that every week I'm like, Oh, here's Boris said in the, you know, the 98 Burger King car for whoever you don't even know. And it's like, you're not going to see his true skill and talent yeah. in, in that ride. You know what I mean? I always said that I want to see those guys, those road course ringers in some top notch equipment and see what they could do um, at the highest level of our sport of NASCAR. That, that's a great point. I, I, I would, I would love a track house, man. What a team to start this because they are on fire. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. Uh, definitely one of the best teams in the garage. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the pick a lane segment too. Uh, next piece of news though. Uh, we talk about TV deals a lot lately because we are getting close to, um, to renegotiations with NASCAR and Fox and NBC and everything. And according to Adam Stern on ESPN might be interested in NASCAR again, uh, quote, we're really happy with F1 being our flagship right now. Obviously we know that NASCAR is particular uh, in particular is a conversation that we are likely happen in some shape or form going forward End quote. So it looks like they're interested in at least talking about the possibilities of NASCAR returning to uh, ESPN come contract time. I know uh, I saw, what was it? Pistol Pete Pistoni from the morning drive on Sirius XM channel 90 NASCAR radio. He said he would like to see Fox take the first quarter ESPN, take a, f- a summer stretch and NBC take a, uh, just the playoffs. What do you guys think about that? Maybe splitting it up between three different networks and, and channels there. If it's ESPN and NBC, I'll be I'll be fine with that. I want Fox out of here, done yeah, with. I, I just, I'm I, with. They've already burned my like. There's no going back for me with Fox. They've already done too much damage in my eyes. Yeah, and and it's just I, I have such a like every time I just see that little symbol come on the screen, I just it just makes me so like angry. Like I just they already. The damage is done for me with Fox. I think we have two races left with Fox, and then uh, and then we make the switch over to uh, to NBC and USA Network. So we got we got this week and next week in Sonoma, the Nashville coming up. Where we're out of the foxhole for a while now. Speaking of uh, Top Gun, there the foxhole. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but it just happened like that. Um, I like it. I like it. <laughs> no, I I agree. I'm so sick of Fox. I, yeah. Eric, Eric nailed it. They've done too much irreversible, irreversible damage at this point. And, you know, I know we sound like a broken record and I know we're probably becoming that podcast that bashes Fox that everyone else does. And I know it's low hanging fruit at this point, but they're just so bad that it just, it's, it's impossible to ignore all the mistakes that they make on a week to week basis. 
And so, yeah, at this point, like get Fox out of here. Like, I don't want to see him even if they have 10 races and then ESPN gets 10 races and then NBC gets 16 races or whatever. Like, no, get Fox out of there and let's figure it out elsewhere. Yeah. Take Larry Mack and take uh, Mike Joy, put him on ESPN and get rid of everybody else. Jamie McMurray has been really good lately, though. I think he's Jamie doing McMurray's a great job. Yeah, the pit reporters, Jamie Little's fantastic. Like, Jamie Little's fantastic. Like, it's just the production. It's the production. It's yeah. The production. Yeah. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Take take all the on air talent except for Clint Boyer, who I like, but like I'm kind of over the shtick. Uh, take all them, bring them over to ESPN, have a nice transition, and then just have the ESPN producers take care of the product. Uh, speaking of product, speaking of gas, Shell and Pennzoil extending their contract with Penske. Usually, I, I ignore sponsorship news, but I feel like this is a pretty big one to cover because we've seen. You know, M's and uh, M and M's and Mars leaving uh, the sport at the end of the season. We haven't seen a whole lot of big sponsors kind of come in and fill that year-long sponsorship role. And uh, I just want to give a little appreciation to Shell Pennzoil. They've been around since forever. I mean they they used to uh, they used to have Michael Waltrip. You know, back in the thirty car. What a beautiful paint scheme that was, man. Holding up the little diecast, but uh. They've been in the sport for a long, long time. Glad to see them continue to be in it. How about you guys? How do you feel about that? It's fantastic to see. Yeah, I don't want to be. I don't want the OGs. Yeah, yeah. It don't matter who's driving the car. It's just good to see those those sponsors that have been with the sport for so long stick around, and it's good to see. Yeah, and not only like with Penske, like they're just they're with Penske everywhere. They're they're in. Um, I think they run on Indy too. I think they sponsor over yeah, there. Like, so they're, yeah. they're spread out over, over multiple different series is uh Pennzoil and shell. But yeah, that's all I have for NASCAR news so far, unless you guys saw some breaking stuff in the afternoon that I might've missed. Uh, not that I, not that I can remember. No, no. And since it's going to be, I feel like it's going to be a long show. We had a long race to talk about uh, no NASCAR history. Uh, this week, uh, skip that. Jump right into the trucks. Ross Chastain. We'll talk about him in the pick lane, but he got it done in trucks after a dramatic finish uh, between Ryan Priest and Carson Hosevar. Uh, Ryan Priest not too happy. I don't know if you guys saw um, saw the move. Did you guys see what happened at the end of the truck race there? Um, I did not. I did not get a chance to see that. So it was, it was, there's the clip was going on on, uh, on social media. Ryan priest actually, uh, got in front of the camera and was like, see that kids like watching at home who want to drive a NASCAR. Don't do stuff like that. Uh, Carson Hosevar going for his first win ever, uh, in the bottom lane of Ryan priest at the top lane. Carson kind of wiggled up, got into him. They both wrecked out and, uh, and Ryan priest wasn't too happy about it. I I thought it was good, hard, clean, like not clean, but good, hard racing. Just one of those racing deals, especially for your first, uh, first win. He um, overdrove the truck a little bit. He, he lost control of it going for his first ever, you know, national series win. And, and he lost control of it. You know, does it suck for priests? Wrong place, wrong time, sure. But uh, Carson Hosevar, like, if I'm in his position, he's been so close so often this year that I totally get that he, why he was, like, why he he was going as hard as he was. He wants that win. I, I get it. Yeah, I don't – Just from listening – just from listening to you guys, it seems like Priest, who's not a regular, he doesn't understand the truck series and what was happening. I think he was just thrown into a wolf's den and not really knew what had been happening and, like – 
how those truck races go. That's that's yeah. trucking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every week when you watch the trucks, there's someone that dives in way stuff, too hard, yeah. watches up the track, gets into somebody. That's every week. So maybe like he just wasn't used to that in a little bit. But um, you know, Carson, uh man, he's how many how many second places does he have in the last six weeks? You right. know, he's been right there, like you said, Matt. And you know, he he's hungry for it. He wants it. And you know, when you're that close. I have to agree. I probably would have dove in there and and run it down too. But um, you know, there's a lot of people that try to make that move, um, especially this year, and it hasn't stuck. No, Eric, you, you're so right about that though. Like with the truck series in particular, like on a late race restart when everything is on the line, everything's out the window. It's usually the front two guys are the ones who get right, involved. Right, right, just, right. Just battling it out, and it's amazing yeah. for fans. But it's almost always those fun two that just destroy each other. So much fun. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think Ryan Priest is used to the Cup Series where the guys are uh, a little bit more uh, seasoned and 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 uh, veteran uh, driving right. skills and everything. He's a little he's, bit more awareness and you know, yeah, yeah. Because how how old is Car- Carson Hosovar anyways? 19? Exactly. I think 19. Like Young, he's, yeah. he's still figuring it out, you know. So you can't even blame him for that. Uh, I just thought the speech at the end on on pit road during his interview was fantastic. Eric, uh, I'll send it to you on Twitter. You'll enjoy that one. Uh, Saturday Xfinity series race. Big congratulations to Matt, his driver, Josh Berry winning by what was it? 18 seconds, something like that. But it was, it was still exciting to the end though. You hear 18 seconds. You go, man, that couldn't have been exciting, but it was still a fantastic and exciting race. Uh, did you guys get a chance to see any of that? I know, uh, Eric, you're at like a, a golf tournament, right? Yeah, I was at a, a benefit for um, one of my buddies, Christopher Bone, who passed away. And uh, we had a, a golf tournament with him and uh, a little benefit went up with the boys. And, you know, great turnout for that. Bunch of people went up there my first time golfing. So all day Saturday, I was out on the golf course um, trying to learn how to uh, swing a club at a little white ball. So um, I did not get a chance to see the Xfinity race. No, you well, you missed a great one, man. It was a barn burner, especially between teammates. You know, uh, uh, Justin Allgaier and Josh Berry kind of like really giving it to each other at the end. What do you think about that, Matt? Being a, a junior motorsports fan in it was general, awesome. junior motorsports just dominated that race. They finally got their first win in Charlotte, their home track, and uh, just good to see. I didn't realize that was the first win in Charlotte for junior motorsports. That's that's pretty big. Yep. Yep, and Josh Berry, his second one of the season. So just, um, yeah, I was happy to see it. He's coming into his own, man. It's so good to see, like, when he can run a clean race and when he doesn't get get caught up in in, in some of the bullshit, uh, he he really is able to flex his muscles and show what kind of um, just wheel man that he is. And and I think, you know, for as, for as quote-unquote old as he is, I think he's got a bright future in NASCAR. And if junior motorsports can only – figure out a way to make the leap into uh into the cup series you know that that might be their guy right there with josh barry oh absolutely i think uh i think we all are uh big fans of josh barry and just his story in general you know uh waiting so long for the opportunity and just seizing it even last year running part-time and winning races like that doesn't happen to rookies besides ty gibbs it's insane we have two we have he is ready Oh yeah, for sure. It's funny. We have two of uh two of the best rookies in Xfinity in Josh Berry and Ty Gibbs winning races right off the bat, running part time, and they couldn't be further apart in age. 
from your standard or rookies. personality or personality too. Well, yeah, we'll ignore that. Um, but it, it was definitely exciting. And speaking of firsts, uh, a first for one, Dennis Hamlin, your Cup Series winner. Uh, the Pulsar Denny led three times for 15 laps to win the Coke 600, his first ever Coke 600. And he said he was a Coca-Cola family driver for what, 18 years. And it took him this long to get it done. And, uh, and if you pay attention and you like making money, one of us on this show predicted that Denny Hamlin was going to win that race last week. And that person is our host, Michael D white. Congrats on the, on the, on the uh, prediction there, but it, it was me. I picked the winner. In fact, I thought it was funny. Uh, we all picked winners so far. Eric's picked two winners. Um, Matt, his first win was with Denny at Richmond. He picked Denny to win Richmond. I picked Denny to win Charlotte just because I felt like Denny's the veteran to win here, you know, and uh, he got it done. So if you enjoy making money, you know, listen to our picks and, and maybe throw a little bit on each one every week. Uh, eventually, eventually you'll hit because we're hitting. Uh, Eric just hit last week with the all-star winner and, and Ryan Blaney. And then he hit uh, three weeks ago with uh, Chase Elliott at Dover. So uh, we're, we're getting hot on, on the trail. If you're paying attention to, and you go back and you look at like all the ones that we picked, even the ones that like we didn't predict winning like correctly, they're having good races until something happens. Like, oh, we're not for sure. Picking, we're not picking somebody who's like, oh my God, he ran 17th the whole time. Like we're picking dudes who have good, good legit chances at winning the race and something just happens as far as bad luck goes. Absolutely. So uh, stick, stick with us till the end of the show. We'll go over our betting picks for the week and check out YouTube on Saturdays. Matt uh, tries to get a betting video in every week. Of course, this weekend was a holiday weekend and we forgot. So um just a little heads up on that might need your assistance on that this whole month whitey the, okay the month of june every single weekend uh we've got something going on so okay it's gonna be a little busy life is about to get pretty hectic for me but uh yeah, yeah we'll figure it out we'll get we'll get it out for you all right maybe ahead. maybe it'll be michael d white's picks on saturdays <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you all the numbers you need i'll get the figure stats from matt and we'll figure it all out do a little live production meeting so uh make sure you share or like and subscribe on youtube if you want to see those betting videos but uh back to the coke 600 man just a great race a long race five hours 13 minutes eight seconds we saw 18 cautions for 90 laps that's almost a fourth of the race uh 31 lead changes among 13 different drivers tons and tons of passing your top five dennis hamlin james denny hamlin kyle bush kevin harvick Chase Briscoe and Christopher Bell. And I'm telling you, watch out for Bell. He's due for a win coming up. Speaking of betting, uh, he's had a bunch of top fives and top tens in the last couple races. But uh, just a great, great race, in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but you want to jump right into the race grades. Hell yeah. I feel like usually oh, we yeah. start with Matt. So let's start with Eric this week. We'll switch it up <laughs> a little bit. What's your race grade, Eric? Um. I'm going to do something a little different and it's the first time um, I'm going to do it. I, I'm going to give this race an A plus plus this oh, gets a double plus this week because you're, you're like, it just had everything that I could have ever imagined in a race. It not only the race though, the whole weekend in general, 
I usually have people at my house. I had a great crowd of people show up at my house. Great party. And, and, you know, to watch the race and just the whole environment in general, it amplified me watching that race and and just made it that much better to feel the energy of everybody in there when something went crazy and, and everyone's yelling. And, um, you know, it reminded me a lot of the beginning of the season, that Auto Club in Vegas races. Lead changes in the in the 30s, high 20s. Uh, the drivers and the teens at 13, it just it just had those magical moments back here. At race 14 of the season, we were wondering if this car could keep up. Yeah. And after those first four races, we were all like, how many more A's can we hand out? And here we are. Here I am. Week 14 giving out an A++. And it's just like, keep giving me more NASCAR. And, you know, it, it was just all day long. Um you know, it, it was a long race, like you said, but it was exciting. All like there wasn't, there wasn't a bat. Like uh, no matter where you were position wise, you were in a battle with somebody. Yeah, it, it didn't matter if you were in the lead or in fifteenth and seventeenth and twentieth. You were in a battle. Um, you know, it was just hard to control these cars on Sunday night, and these drivers they kept showing the white gloves, trying to get a hold of that steering wheel and. You know, I think we had, oh, I'm pretty close to 10 cars spin on their own. Um, you know, that just goes to show how hard this car is to, to drive, oh, how yeah. tricky it is, and, and, you know, how close to the edge that these drivers have to push it every single lap for 600 miles and keep your tire wear down. And, you know, I, I just enjoyed it all. It was It was a phenomenal, phenomenal race with battles all day long. And, you know, the finish on top of it, like that that was just a cherry on the top and um i couldn't have asked for for anything more so uh a couple things one i have a stat for you guys important stat man matt i got because we are handing out a lot of a's but um but one thing i want to say like with all the top like the tire issues and just the cars spinning out and stuff you know for years and years they say the world 600 the coke 600 truly a test between man and machine you know which one will break down first or whatever and then over the last couple of years it, it, it kind of wasn't that test of machine but this one truly was like a test of the equipment you know and, and i think it went great but to the stats jeff gluck does a poll every week and um i do feel like we're handing out a's left and right but it, it's because they're deservingly so so uh, 90.6% of people polled on Jeff Gluck's uh, was co the Coke 600 good race uh, said yes. That's the 22nd member of the 90% club of 240 races. So we're right up there in the top 10% there. And um, it's the fourth 90 plus 90% plus race that was a good race for, on the poll uh, this year. All four were intermediate tracks, which like compared to the last couple seasons where everyone's like, quote unquote, cookie cutter tracks are garbage. Like we shouldn't be going there. The racing's awful. Like our four best races so far are on intermediate mile and a half tracks or like, you know, the two miler at, um, at auto club. Like we're just, we're seeing great, great racing. So it's, it's, it's hard not to give it an a plus plus when it's the Coke 600 and it's, it's such a grand event. How about you, Matt? What's your uh, race grade? I'm assuming right on the same page here. I, I, honestly, 
It's not, but this is more of a me issue than a race issue. I love the race. The yeah. race deserves an A+. Plus. Yeah. I gave it a B+, plus, which is still a, a good grade. Don't get me wrong. Where it was my fault is because for about 45 minutes there, um, the, the race lost me, and it wasn't the race's fault. The race was great. Yeah. We had our drama. We had our excitement. Uh, candidly, I'm a huge Celtics fan. The Boston Celtics were in a game seven to go to, if they won, they were going to go to the, uh, to the, to the finals, the NBA finals. They won. So I was kind of celebrating that, calling my dad, talking about that for a little bit. So I kind of stepped away from the race a little bit. Yeah. I had to like, I had to do the balance, the juggling act of race game, race game. So again, was not the race's fault. It was just the way I kind of consumed it was just spotty, just bad timing with, with two things going on at the same time. But uh, I loved everything I saw. Uh, I was able to, you know, get back into the into into the my race mind and be able to watch the last whatever fifty laps or whatever. It was phenomenal. We had, like Eric said, we had cars losing it on their own. It was man versus machine. We saw that seventeen of Chris Busher flip because of its own wheel yeah. digging into the grass. It wild, was a wild, wild flip. Um, we saw we saw battles. We saw you know. Austin Dillon, I'm wearing, I'm wearing my number three Dale Earnhardt senior uh, yeah. uh, shirt for two reasons. I'm wearing this shirt one because it's freaking awesome. And two, <laughs> because the way Austin Dillon came out of nowhere into the frame of the TV dropped down to the bottom. Oh, room, yeah. Made the pass on the back stretch and then got wrecked out coming out of four. It might, mean, that was like that 15 seconds of racing like what was that new tires? I'm assuming it had to have been new tires versus old tires. Like where was, where did that come from from Austin Dillon? That little run that he did there. Well, they just got to run. They had runs all night long that put other drivers in some pretty bad situations. Right. So um, later in the race, the high line started coming in and kind of was the line that a lot of the drivers who were fast, um, you weren't ripping up your tires as much up there, but the run off you would get on the high side, man, if someone in front of you was side-by-side battling and you were alone on the top coming off with a run, you, you closed on those guys in front of you way, way faster than they even imagined. And a lot of times you would get to their bumper and boom, cut to the inside real quick because you had to, right. if you didn't, you would add a checkup slam on your brakes. So like some of these drivers, they would get these huge, huge runs on the high side and sometimes you have nowhere to go with it and you have to check up. But that time, hey, race is on the line. AD, he didn't check up. He he put that car he down on going. that line and he, he went, went for it. Full he send, full it. send. And you know what? If he didn't get taken out, that I, I think he wins that race. Like he was gone. But oh, uh, yeah. you know, that's again, like it was it was I mean, same thing as Hosevar, though. I think Dylan, he he just drove in too far, washed up into Larson, yeah. and there was he, he just the the well, run. It was a great run, but he kind of, it was too good of a run, essentially. No. So I thought, crazy? I thought he caused the accident. I went back and watched it a couple times when someone was like, no, it was because they got put four wide. If you watch it back, Denny Hamlin comes up from underneath Austin Dillon and, uh, and Ross Chastain is on the top of Kyle Larson and they're all coming out of turn four side oh, by wow. side. And they pushed Larson and and Dylan into each other, basically. Like they just ran out of real estate. Yeah, right. Because they had such a run. Because yeah. it was just Austin insane. Dillon had a checkup, so he didn't take out Larson. 
And so when they tagged up, Larson's obviously slowed down. So those front two cars are going way slower than yeah. that pack four wide coming at them. What do you do at that point? Like yeah. you're just done for. If that wasn't the be, if that wasn't at that stage in the race, I don't think any of that happens because you're not going to see four wide at that time. And then they reshuffle out and everything is smooth. But since the timing of that and those everyone was racing to get up there for that for that win, like. As much as like I hated seeing it, like the wreck happen. Oh, Matt, you're right. That move gave me chills watching that happen. It was, it was. We had more big ones in the Coke 600 than we did in this previous Talladega race. We did. Like, we had two we legit had two big ones. Yeah. In this race, twenty uh, cars, half the field got wrecked out yeah. on, on Sunday night's race. Go back to go back and watch that that whole wreck happen again. And pay attention to Kyle Busch on the high line and the wreck avoidance. Like he avoided the whole entire disaster in front of him with Kyle Larson spinning everything like, like, like the goat. Like he was, he did some amazing things, go, like making his way through that. Um, All day he did amazing things. He spun twice. Like oh, he, yeah. He just had a rough day and like he, he ended up coming back and, 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 you know, got a P2 fighting for the win after you know, you spin a few times and you have a rough race, man. And normally Kyle Busch folds in those situations where he'll get too mad at his crew chief or his pit crew. And, yeah. oh, this car is shit. I already got into a wreck. And and then, you know, he usually, you know, talks. I think he talks himself out of it every once in a while. But, man, did he, uh, you know, he gripped up, elbows up, and and, and gave her hell there. I tell you what, uh, Matt is wearing the number three uh, RCR shirt. And uh, we saw we saw a couple classic RCR Dale Earnhardt moves, even on a Tyler Reddick. I don't know if you guys saw this at the end. I was super excited about it. I was freaking out. He made a legit pass in the grass. Well, technically turf, but he passed Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell coming to the line in the grass, like fucking mind blowing. Did you yeah. see the in car yeah. of that? It was nice. Oh, it was yeah. nice. Was that Reddick or was that his? Uh... That Gucci was Reddick screaming. Sounded like Reddick. It was, the grass. And then, the grass. And then he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, he, yeah. got, he fucking got away with it, which he really did. So that was uh, that was fun after a, a rough day. But uh, I, I got to disagree with Matt with the B+. I got to give it an A. In fact, I'm going to give it an A+. Plus. Uh, it was a long race. Five plus hours didn't feel like it at all. I don't I don't know about you guys, but like I felt like it went by super quick. And uh, there's just so much action on track all night long. Like it was hard for me to even begin to write my notes for the show today because there was so much stuff. NBC puts out their extended highlights every week. Usually it's like 18 minutes. This time is 45 minutes long. You know, I watched that trying to refresh some of the things in the beginning. Um, and like Eric said, you know, he had a, he had a banging party up at the, uh, the house there in the garage. I was hanging out there and we were feeding off each other's energy and, and speaking of wrecks, you remember the wreck? I, for, I, I think it was Suarez that caused it or something, but Martin uh, Truex, Chase Briscoe, Chase Briscoe got up into Suarez and caused Suarez to spit. He was just sideways on the track and everyone just plowed right into him. Yeah, and it took out like a lot of great guys, especially in our fantasy. I think Kurt Busch got taken out. Here, hold on. I I, I have it in my notes. Yeah, um, the 23 spun in that wreck as well. 
Yeah, Kurt Busch, William Byron got collected William Byron up in that got one. taken out. Up. William, that one crushed me because yeah. I had William Byron in my fantasy. I had oh, William no. Byron on this show. I had William Byron in some of my daily fantasy lineups. Yeah, car. It was I. I had such a gut feeling that it was going to be William. Two guys I had a gut feeling about: Suarez and Byron, and both of them had rocket ships until they, they got really caught up did. In bullshit. It was Blaney that spun. It was the second time Blaney spun. It wasn't um it wasn't uh Suarez's accent. Oh, Suarez's Suarez accent was later, was later on. on. Yeah, Suarez yeah. was later on, yeah. But like Martin Truks Jr., another guy, like we got real nervous because I think we all had Martin Truks Jr. on our fantasy yeah. lineups this week. And uh his wreck avoidance was just amazing. Like he just turned in in the corner at the perfect moment to avoid it all. And plus Colin was there in the garage, who's a true X fan. Yeah. Where, uh, one of our buddies just getting into the sport and he's like, Oh my god did he make it through did he make it through we're all waiting for the replay it was like and then like someone pointed out i was like he made it through when you see your driver make it through yeah. it's like it's a feeling that like you can't describe to anybody yeah. you're just no. like Oh, okay. Thank God. We're like, still that's alive. We're still alive. And like yep. Matt, the garage erupted. You should have heard it. Yeah, it was a great awesome. time. That's um, awesome. so I think with that, just a great race in general, plus the vibe of, of like hanging out with your buddies. Oh, that reminds me, dude. Sorry, ADD radio right now. I was driving through town in uh DuPont, the brick house bar. Uh this uh, does, this is just for us. Um Sundays. They have a sign, NASCAR Sundays, $2 uh, drafts. I forget what the beer on that's draft is. That's $2. That's going to be like three minutes from my house. Don't I know. I'm just saying, uh, I think we got to get oh, the, the... brick house is bumping now, dude. They like they, they open up. They get a crowd there now. Okay. And I think we got to okay. go too, one Sunday. Too bright in there for me, though. Too bright. They have the lights on too high. Yeah, no, that is, is a little weird when the bar's a little too bright. You feel weird about uh, a drinking in the afternoon, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm just throwing it out there in case the Harding hole's a little too warm. It's getting hot. It was like 90, oh, 92 yeah. degrees out today. Go sit in a cool bar and, and enjoy some NASCAR with some other race fans. Hey, maybe we'll go there and spread the word about the podcast. But either way, uh, best Coke 600 I think I've seen in a long time. We were seeing four wide all day long, and I was I was all jacked up. So I give it an A+. Um, do you guys want to jump into the checkers and wreckers for the weekend? Hell yeah. All right, Matt, you want to give us your checkers and wreckers first? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my checkers goes to, and you, one of you guys might have already given him a checkers earlier, uh, you know, within the past couple of weeks, but he deserves it. My, my checkers goes to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. Um, another top 10 finish. Well, he finished seventh for him, and he had a great race for, for Ricky Stenhouse. Um, he's been keeping it really clean lately. So actually, going back to the race, he had 119 quality passes, which was good for third among drivers on Sunday night. Okay, uh, passing a lot of cars. It's a lot of cars. He spent 68.3% of his race running inside the top 15. So almost 70% of his race was spent inside the top 15. Uh, he had a 79.9 driver rating, which was 12th best uh, in the field. And again, it's his fourth straight top 10 for Ricky. So he's keeping it clean. He's figuring it out. And uh, we all know he's a wheel man. I mean, he's an Xfinity Series champion. Oh yeah, you know he's. I I, I don't know how many championships he's won in you know dirt dirt races and, and and dirt series and everything. He's a really really good driver. He's just been super aggressive. He's known for being super aggressive, and I think he's just finally starting to calm down. I mean, he's at that age now, his his early thirties, mm -hmm. where 
I'm pretty sure it's his early 30s now where like this, like he might be starting to put things together here. And uh, I think he's primed to rip off a win. You know, I know it's a far cry from eighth and ninth to, you know, running first, but he has had a couple second place running up, runner up uh, 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 races this year already. And it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that Ricky Stenhouse might win a race in the regular season and get himself into the, uh, the playoffs. Yeah. For me, it seems like, the Recky Stenhouse name, the, you know, the, oh, who's going to, you know, first one to crash, you know, lap two, is he going to make, like, there was so much ball busting and trolling. Um, that's in the past, I think, now. I, I think, think so. I, I don't really find myself going that route anymore or saying it because I can't, because he's shutting me up with the way he's driving on the racetrack now. And he's taking care of his equipment, like you said. I, I, I love that Ricky is finally coming around and maybe coming into his own and, and he, he might've found some of this new car, but um, it's always great to see someone turn it around and figure it out. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm a huge closet. Ricky Stenhouse. Jr. Me fan. too. Me too. I real. really like him. He's a, he's a, he seems like a cool dude off the track too. You know? Yeah. He just, he seems like he's got it. I've actually, because of his former sponsorship uh, aligns with the, the company that I work for, I've actually gotten to meet him a couple of times and he's a cool, I mean, nothing, you know, we didn't go out to dinner or anything, but just a couple seconds of one-on-one. Like quick meet and great really deals. Nice. No, I, uh, I agree. I'm definitely a closet Ricky Stenhouse fan. And uh, I've been saying it on this podcast since last year, I think he really came into his own with uh, protecting his equipment, you know, and finishing it. Ever since he moved over to JTG Doherty, just moved out of that Roush camp. He kind of he kind of had to because they they don't have right. the money to wreck cars right. every week, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I know we definitely talked about it in our text messages with each other. But like a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, Ricky Stenhouse needs to get it together. Like he was finishing in like like thirty fourth and thirty third, you know, like get it together. Because compared to last year, he was finishing yeah, in in the top 25 you know like consistently in the top 25 top 20 every week last season and then uh i told you eric i was like oh you know ricky said like it's hard without a teammate now to bounce things off of he's having troubles and you're like you know fuck that he needs to get it together kind of and then (laughs) sure enough like the next week he did he got second at dover he got eighth last week he got eighth the week before then he got seventh this week so in the last four races, he's finished in the top 10 and he, you're right. He's run up front, like super consistent. So Matt, I, uh, I definitely agree with your checkers on, on Ricky Stenhouse jr. This week. How about your records? What's your records for the weekend? Uh, I, I, listen, I'm a fan of his, so I'm allowed to, uh, allowed to trash him when it warrants it. Uh, my records goes to chase Elliott. Yeah. He, he overdrove turn two after he had the dominating car in the race on Sunday night. Uh, he, he smashed the wall. He, he knocked out his, his rear toe link. And then what I think happened is that he purposely spun trying to pull out the caution. That's not the first time he's done that before. Uh, and then he couldn't keep up. He, he had the DVP, the disabled vehicle policy took him out of the race, uh, after what didn't look like, like I've seen him knock the wall down a lot harder than that and, and almost win the, you know, go on to almost win races after that. So he just tapped it at the wrong spot, I guess. And, uh, you know, it's, and it was right after Clint Boyer. I know you guys, you know, were at the party. I don't know if you were able to, you know, hear the, the commentary at all, but like literally right before that Clint Boyer was saying, I like Chase Elliott in this race because he's so, 
um, patient because that's why he's able to win races because he's so patient. He's a lot like Jimmy Johnson was when, you know, you're patient and you figure out a race, you let the race come to you. Yeah. And that's what Chase does. But Chase also often gets a little too aggressive, a little too early into races. And that's what happened. And uh, yeah, it's just, um, he had a really good car and it was just uh, heartbreaking to see that happen to him. So Chase Elliott, you need to get, get it, it together. together. <laughs> I tell you what, Clint Boyer is the biggest jinx. Anytime he brings up a driver running really well or he likes him on this race, like the next lap or two, like they lose a left uh, rear tire, it goes down. Jamie and they hit McMurray the wall. even said it because he's like, oh, Clint, I guess I'm taking over for you because he had mentioned someone running really well. Might have been Suarez. And then Suarez comes around and he's like, well, Clint, it looks like it's not just you. And like, they were like busting each other about it. Cause yeah, you're right. Every time Clint mentioned somebody, <laughs> it's just bad news for him afterward. So not only does chase need to get it together. Hey, Clint Boyer, get it, get it together. We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting it together. How about you, Eric? What's your checkers and records for the weekend? So it was hard. There was so much that went on. Um, during this race it was actually it was a tough week to go to pick my checkers and wreckers yeah um i think i've given my checkers to track house both the one and the 99 yeah um it just goes like they i never thought they would be as good as they are and they have just been showing me and proving me like not wrong because I knew they were going to do well, but they are blowing my expectations right out of the water. Um, they, you know, Chastain leading a bunch, a bunch of laps yesterday, had a great car battling for the lead all day. Suarez was out front battling for the lead all day. And, you know, Suarez, you know, I, I could say it just like, you know, our, our guys, uh, Eric Jones and, and Tyler Reddick, they run in the top 10, top five all day, and then something happens at the end of their race. Just bad and Suarez luck. is right in there in that camp. And if he finished his races, he might be top five in points right now because they are For just real. running. They are just – they're outperforming everybody right now in my eyes. They bring – I think they might be the only team, and this is why I have them as, like, my checkers. Every week they're in contention. Not every team – every week has cars like track house has yeah every week they seems to be up there battling for the lead and for the win so and to me they are just blowing my expectations out which uh, on sunday coke 600 for me um this was like the other deciding factor i wanted to see what track house could do for 600 miles yeah. i want to see if chastain his aggressiveness does it get the better of him it didn't suarez no. Could you take care of your car? And you're like, they just all race long. I'm like, you know what? I'm becoming a believer in this team. And now with the, the, the word of the 91 car, you know, like the whole Indy 500 week and all of that, it was just like something about track house is buzzing. And that you walk in into track house, your, your life's going to be better. I feel like they have some yeah. kind of magic with them and they're just, they're just performing exceptionally well. You know, it's funny. In the first podcast we ever did, 
It was before last year's Daytona 500, right? Before Trackhouse made their official debut. Is this the lost episode? It is. It's the lost episode. It never made it to air. We were we were talking about um, previewing the different drivers going to the Daytona 500. And Daniel Suarez said, I'm going to be driving the best equipment I've ever been in. And we all laughed at Trackhouse because how could he be in the best equipment when he drove for Joe Gibbs and Stuart Haas Racing? And sure enough, a year and a half later, he's in the best equipment he's ever yeah. been in for sure. And, and like you said, like they're always up front. And if it's not both of them, it's at least one of them. If Ross is having a bad day, Daniel's having a great day. If Daniel's having a bad day, Ross is coming in second or winning. Like it's, it's just, and, and if they're both on fire, they're both in the top five, top seven, I, well, you know, it's at the point now where I fully expect Daniel Suarez to win a race. He has to, it like, has to come. Expect it. Like we're not allowed to be surprised when he wins his race. No. This year. Will he get it before the playoffs? I don't right. know. Will he get right. it before the season? I think so. I think yeah. I think he'll he'll get a win eventually. He has to. He has to. They're running too well not to. You know, it's just like like you said. You know, the luck has to change in just in completing the race. You know, uh, how about your records? What's your records for the weekend? Please, 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 for the love of God. Tell me why it took him so long to flip that 17 car back on his tires. How oh. long was Chris Busher sitting in that seat upside down on his head? I was getting Come on, he rolled 25 forward. times. You think it's going to bother him if you fucking flip it one more tap turn over on his wheels? Give the kid a freaking break here. They, that was a disaster. I, I, like, what are you doing? I was getting a headache for him because I was, like, thinking about all that blood just sitting Russian, in his head. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, flip him over already. It hurts right just, here. I, I, it makes it like hurt right pit, here. Yeah, like the pit crew. Like, they practice every week. Car comes in, boop, boop, boop. They have a practice. Do these record drivers, NASCAR's got to get a team of people, and they should be every Ooh. week. They should have a car that gets flipped over out in the outside <laughs> of the racetrack, and they got to hurry up and go over, and they should be trained on getting a car flipped over in, in a timely fashion, in a safe fashion, but well, man, is that the thing I even said it Did, with the toe, how they need to do that. Like something needs to change on getting these wrecked cars and getting this race started a hell of a lot quicker. And man, I just felt bad for Busher. I would have been, been yelling at them. Flip this thing. Oh, yeah. I get, get it over here. See, I don't, I was, uh, I was, I mean, it was a long time, but like to play devil's advocate, I was like, Oh, they, they must have to do it for safety. Like, they really gently flipped that car back over. Like it was kind of impressive to see once it actually started turning over, like they did it very smoothly and, and, and oh, but gently. If you just blow your tire out. The record comes up, smashes into your car. Oh hurry yeah. Up, well, that's another together, story. And then, and then smashes it the whole this way back the way. to pit road. They don't give a shit then. Oh, right. but the car's already total. Oh, let's baby it over now. So but this is the way I a perfectly good one. This is the way I think about it. If we were at like the let's if we we're at Eric's house watching a race, right? And someone down the road flipped their car and 15 of us came running down with the adrenaline. I feel like we can get that car back over in under five minutes. Yeah, there but are we going to do it safely down. where we don't hurt the guy even more who's stuck yeah, upside down? 25 fucking times. I don't right. know, man. Turnover is gonna really, it's gonna really mess him up. <laughs> right, right. I don't know. Like, compression I on the spine. On this one. 
Listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even going to speculate. I'm just saying I, I didn't. I don't know. Whatever. It's I just cool. feel like some of these people they have on these in these cleanup crews and these these wreckers are kind of like lackadaisical and like, yeah, um, OK, like, here yeah, we go. Yeah, like a bunch of retired guys that don't want to do anything is out true. there hooking up the car. It's like it's like the uh, the old janitors in high school who are like just retired old. Like, I feel like volunteer firemen for some reason, just smoking a cigar yeah. like. Yeah, I'll clean it up. We'll get there. Don't worry. You know, just taking their time. Oh, we're out of speedy dry in this truck. Ah, okay, I'll take it around back. It looked like PennDOT. There was 20 <laughs> guys standing around just watching this right. car sit on its roof. Yeah. For real. Um, I'll get into my checkers and wreckers. Uh, I got to get my checkers. Kyle Larson, uh, ninth place finish, doesn't tell the story because he was in it to win it. Uh, up until the the wreck with Austin Dillon in the closing lap there, um, so and just a fucking horrible start oh to a race. God. Like he started in the back because they had to go to a, a backup car or whatever. Um, caught on fire, pit road penalties. I mean, his crew chief had to come over and give the whole team a pep talk midway through. That was gonna be my checkers, Whitey, but I knew that this was in yours. Yeah, and I, I was just gonna bring up and say it like. Just, in my garage, when he got done saying that, my whole garage went silent when it happened. Yeah, just like we were listening to the speech. So tell them tell over the, the TV. Tell the listeners what what Cliff Daniel said. I mean, I don't. He just gave. I don't remember word for word, word, for word, but he basically said, "Listen, this is a long race. The first half of the race is over. We are now in the second half. We're starting better now than we, we did, did to start the whole race. So let that go." Don't think about that. We're starting better now. We're in better position. Clear your mind. All that stuff is out. We got a lot more racing to go. So let's buckle up. Let's get this done and get back out there and 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 just basically pumped his driver up. And I got the chills yeah. in my garage listening to that because yeah. you you he, you could tell. Like I go up, oh, Larson. I go. He's he he better he's cut his stuff and go. And you saw in those next 25, 30 laps, you Huge just see difference. him get it together. Yeah. And he, 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 wow. Did he make, did he make a difference that crew chief with that speech? I think yeah. I, I tell you what, um, that's what I love about the Coke 600 it is so long. You have the chance to make those mistakes and then still come back, uh, yeah, through strategy. Like Bush, you mentioned and, you earlier, same thing, have mistakes, come back. This was the perfect race. And I think the car, too with the composite bodies i was saying all night much more everything about that allow drivers to have incidents and come back at the end and you know it's this is where you know i know we talked about it might be for another time i don't want to get to the weeds with it but you need a long race like this every once in a while yeah no for sure he had a season's worth of problems happen to him before the fourth yeah. stage yeah. came around. Like, like legitimately, no, how many road disasters did he have? How many times did he spin out? How many times did, was he in some sort of accident? And he came back and he finished ninth and he was in position to win the race. Uh, kudos to him, man. Like, that's that's resilience for a team. That's a championship uh, defending team and a, a team that's primed to go win another championship because of the resolve that it takes to get through a race like that. Yeah. Really cool for the, for the five team. Like he led, how many was it? 51 laps. He was running away with it at the end until my records chase Briscoe, uh, 
drove in too deep again and uh, spun himself out. Thankfully, he didn't take out the leader this time. Um, Austin Dillon did instead uh, on the next restart. But yeah, like Kyle Larson definitely gets my checkers for just fucking persevering. And uh, Chase Briscoe gets my uh, my wreckers probably because I'm still a little salty from uh, Bristol Dirt. So seeing that yeah, move again. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah see, you are. Seeing that move again gave me a flashback that I didn't like. Um, but other than that, just a great race, dude, all around. Um, do you guys want to go over some race notes? See if, uh, see if, what's that? People don't forget. People don't forget. Um, picture Whitey having flashbacks in his head, just like all these little flashes in his, just like <laughs> for real. Like Vietnam for Whitey. He just keeps. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. It really was. I heard. I heard helicopters and shit, and like <laughs> napalm bombs going. Cars in the background. It ain't me. It ain't me. I know Senator Son. No, no. Uh, do, you, do you guys want to go over some race notes? I have. Uh, I just went through the top 10 and some bad luck for some guys. Uh, Kyle Bush, we talked about, he spun earlier uh, off the rear of Suarez, just off like the wind there. That was fucking wild, but he made it back to a second place finish. I thought he had a good chance to win the race too. He led three times for 36 laps. And like we said, Coke 600, just a great race to be able to rebound. Uh, third place, Kevin Harvick. I feel like I wasn't really paying attention to Harvick all race and, and he snuck out a third place finish. Did, did you guys notice something? Maybe I didn't just Mr. Uh, yeah, it, veteran. And like, yeah. he knows how to take care of stuff. I had him in fantasy and he actually saved my fantasy day for me by having him in. Man, that's a good fantasy pick. Uh, me and you tied for third overall right yeah. now too. It's getting exciting. Uh, as we get closer to the playoffs, uh, chase Briscoe, Survives spinning himself out, got himself a fourth place finish. So that was nice for him. Uh, Christopher Bell, strong all day long. Another great top five finish. No laps led, but I feel like he was there all night long. Uh, Eric, you were watching that 20 car, that Yahoo car. Um, that threw me off all race, by the way. It did. New sponsor, that like not used Yahoo to seeing it. 20, yeah. But uh, with me being a being a Kenseth and then, a, you know, Eric Jones fan in that 20 car, it's memorials to Coke 600. It's been always, always the DeWalt car with the American flag paint scheme going down the side with DeWalt. And, like, I was looking forward to that paint scheme and that DeWalt, you know, with the American flag, how they kind of tie it in. They always make an excellent paint scheme with it. So I agree, Matt. It was for that race. It was weird to see him in, in, in that car. What did you think about his performance, though? Oh, dude, all strong all day. I said I was pushing for him. I actually threw one of my T-shirts on that was a uh, – I would thought the it was old gonna be 20 the DeWalt, DeWalt you know, it was an Eric Jones number 20 yeah. DeWalt shirt. And like I was kind of going for both of them. I had Bell as the winner on the podcast. So um he just, you know, he was bad. He was fighting a, a lot of dirty air. And like there was a couple times where he was gambling and stayed out, got loose, shuffled in three wide into the middle. Yeah. And he kind of lost a bunch of spots on some restarts. But you know, w- once he got it together, he 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 drove right back in the top 10. And, and obviously finished top five there. So, like you said, Whitey, knocking on the door. I feel like all those Toyotas were real strong all night in long. In the beginning, in the in beginning, the beginning they faded, like, and then they came back. The Hendrick Chevys kind of took over. It was Toyotas, Hendrick Chevys, then Trackhouse, and then Larson came back at the end with Hendrick and the Chevys, 
and and with Austin Dillon obviously coming up there. So there was a lot of uh, comers and goers during this race as nightfall came in and the track started to cool down. Um, you know, so right then and there, that added to the racing, and, and, and that's what made this race so special as well. Yeah, uh, Tyler Reddick, he finished sixth place. He led once for 19 laps. He had a, a rough last stage, though, blew a tire, and then that put him a lap down for a while. Thankfully, his teammate Austin Dillon caused the big one, and he was able to get back on the lead lap there for a, a top 10 finish. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we talked about him earlier on in the race. Someone that really impressed me all night long, I was noticing him. Uh, eighth place, Michael McDowell. Uh, he impressed me in qualifying, getting a 10th place in qualifying. I th- I was confused because I was listening to qualifying on the radio. I was like, no way he's doing that good. And then he ran also in the- had him in my fantasy, which saved me. Yeah, he ran in the top 15 all day long. Uh, I don't think he collected a whole bunch of stage points, but he got himself a top 10 when it counted. And uh, really big congratulations, Michael McDowell. <laughs> I uh I saw a stat too that Michael McDowell over the last two seasons has like more top ten finishes than Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and I think two other drivers. I can't really remember. So but I'm looking at it now, just like going back, like he's had a heck of a stretch here. Besides, yeah, the races. Oh, this so, whole season he's been running really, really consistent. Kansas, Kansas, he had a top ten. Like he's he's running really like he's running pretty consistently good. These, these uh recently hey if you're playing uh DraftKings daily fantasy i uh, might be wanting to look at michael mcdowell a little bit more uh ninth place we talked about kyle larson in my checkers he led for three times for 51 laps alex bowman came in 10th uh he was one of those guys i feel like i saw him running really well in the beginning and then kind of faded throughout the middle of the race and then uh and kind of came back for the end uh he got stage points in stage one nothing in stage two i can't remember stage three for sure uh, but really not a whole lot from Bowman. Just a nice, consistent day. Good looking car. Great looking wow. car. Yeah. yeah. Love the uh, love that ally patriotic scheme. Uh, I thought that one looked really sharp. Um, let's see. Ross Chastain. He led six times for one hundred and fifty three laps uh, battling for the lead. And when that big one with him, Larson, Austin Dillon and Denny Hamlin sent him back a few spots. Uh, another bad luck. Chris Buescher with that barrel roll. We talked about him. Bubba and Chase were both victims of the damaged vehicle policy. Yeah, one thing, one thing I do want to touch on <clears throat> with that barrel roll incident is yeah. that we almost had a disaster as far as a PR uh, nightmare for NASCAR is concerned because Clint Boyer said, "Oh, I think before like we slowed the replay down and we saw that it was the wheel that flipped Busher's car over." Yeah, Clint Boyer goes, "Oh, he caught a great, he caught a drainage the drainage ditch." ditch. Could you imagine if that was the case and that's what flipped the car over? That would have been totally unacceptable. I thought the drainage ditch broke the tire and that's what caused it all. No, the tire was already broken to begin with. Okay. And it went from when it was like, it was asphalt to the turf. Yeah. And then just the momentum, the tire just, it caught. Like the axle snap. Someone asked too on Twitter. I saw a question on Twitter, why that doesn't count as a loose wheel. And it's because the tether was there. Um, the axle snapped and there's a tether that holds everything together. The loose wheel penalties, when they come off, it's because they come off the actual hub assembly. Right, when your car is flipping and your wheel comes off, kind of not your fault. But if it comes off the wheel, if it comes off the hub assembly, it is 
because Wait, the hub. Really? So that so if that wheel popped off while he was rotating and flipping, that would have been a penalty. I think so because oh, because that's not the because case. because the tether is there to keep the wheel on. If you look at any wreck where people are flipping, like you don't see the wheels come off because of that tether that holds okay. them in. Um, but like if it came off of the actual hub assembly, I I think it happened to Bubba in 2020 or 2019 i forget what year it was at indianapolis where his wheel came off the whole entire hub assembly came out of the axle shaft and rolled off and he got that penalty yeah it's a it's still uh it still counts because that tether broke off and and rolled but, but uh yeah bad luck for chris bush in that barrel roll uh bad luck for bubba too did we talk about it on the podcast or was it before the show where no, he that talked was before the show, we could talk about that. So, uh, Bubba and Chase were both victims of the damaged vehicle clock. Uh, Matt talked about Chase and his wreckers. Bubba, his car was fine, uh, according to the crew chief. Um, they just it was an oversight, they didn't realize they were on the damaged vehicle policy. They were trying to save tires so he wasn't pushing it, and they never made minimum speed for NASCAR in those six minutes. And uh, he ended up having to end his day. So I mean, a lot of bad luck for Bubba, especially when it comes I'll, to the crew and, and the pit what, crew man. and everything. I'll and tell you what, yeah, such a good car. Like he, 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 honest to God, had had one of the top three cars up until all that stuff went down. His car was even good after the couple incidents that he got in. Yeah. His car was still pretty fast. So yeah, that was it. Was a shame to see to see it end like that. That twenty three crew that that whole pit crew up to the crew chief needs to get it together get it together they, for real i think denny denny might have smacked some people around yeah. i i think he had a good stern talk with denny with what about people. mj man could you imagine the presence of mj walking into your walking into your shop and being like yo what's going on i need yeah. an explanation for what everybody is doing around here because they keep screwing him left and right you want to talk about a guy who's knocking on the door, who could easily win a race this year. None of us are allowed to be surprised. It's Bubba Wallace. Yeah. And if he's getting screwed like this, it's not going to happen. And I feel so bad for him because he's there, man. He's got the speed. That's You know what, Matt? You bring up a great point that I just thought of. Like, is Denny doing too much as part owner? And should MJ, is he not doing enough? Right. Should MJ nah, be MJ at that shop more rubbing off with that? You know, you know, like, MJ's the money. When you're guy. that type of an athlete, and you're Michael Jordan, you're LeBron, you're Tom Brady, there is something about you that rubs off on people that you just exude. And like, I think that goes a long way if he maybe goes to the race shop a little more often. And you know, when you just get bullshit with a great like that, um, just your mentality changes a little bit. So maybe MJ needs to step it up and get down to that race shop a little more. When you're Michael, well, like you just said, when you're Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, some of these all-time greats, God love them. If Dale Earnhardt Sr. was still alive, when you walk into a place, you're automatically the most powerful, well-known, most respected human being in that building. Where if you came in like a Michael Jordan comes in and has a chat with that crew, do you think that's going to drive home the point to them? Like, hey, we need to step our shit up. More I'd than fire me up. I think it would. I'd want to do my best. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he's not doing enough. And maybe he's just the figurehead. Whitey's probably right. He is probably just the money, but he's uh, the money maybe, guy. maybe it would take him coming in to, to really get that uh, crew straightened out. I forgot to make my tinfoil hat for uh, this episode, oh. um, but I'm going to put a tinfoil hat on. And it's a hat I've worn for two years now, ever since 2311 opened up. Uh, I've been saying it. 
they're not getting Gibbs quality equipment or or team members. They're getting the same old Levine family racing garbage that we saw in that 95 car. I I know they were getting the 95 car cup cars last year for like until I'm proven otherwise, I will I will go to my grave convinced that Joe Gibbs is not giving them what they they want or need and and that's the problem because you want to what Joe Gibbs is never going to let another team that he's supporting run better than him after Furniture Row won a championship with Martin Truex Jr. You saw him raise the prices and drive Furniture Row out of racing altogether. You saw him do it to Levine Family Racing and and honestly I I think I, think, I just think you can't do it with this new car. I don't think you could do it. Look at Trackhouse. Like, but they're, you need to but, tell me but that, they're, like... But they're leasing their pit crew from Joe Gibbs Racing. Why aren't they hiring their own pit crew guys? Why do they need Joe Gibbs Racing to give them pit crew guys? Like, figure it out. Get it together. Get For it real. together. Like, there's... At this point, with the new car, if you have a shop, there's no reason to have the alliance with Joe Gibbs that you have right now. You know, we saw with Trackhouse. Trackhouse was aligned with RCR. They bought Chip Ganassi Racing's building and stuff. They got right out of it, and they're doing just fucking fine. You know, you get your own engineers, get your own pit crews, get all that stuff. I'm convinced that that Gibbs is is tanking 2311, and and, and there's nothing that'll change my mind on that one until I see an improvement. I could I could tinfoil hat on top of that, where like maybe I could see from this angle, mm-hmm. maybe Gibbs is is doing that to try to force Denny out. Maybe, maybe because they maybe need... he's trying to squeeze Denny out so he could get Ty in there yeah. and then so, say, "Hey, Denny, you started your own team. You know, we've been, you know, we've had a great relationship. It's going to end amicably." And like, say, "Hey, I think you should maybe just go and and maybe Denny does get a third car. He runs it. Bubba runs it. Kurt Busch runs it. And then that becomes their own. Like you're saying, Whitey, they yeah. get their own, um, you know, engineers and car chiefs and pit crew and all of that. So." I guess from that angle, maybe I could see it like a squeeze out. I would but love the, to see it. The problem with your theory here is, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I really truly am. Cause I, I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying, but just as a devil's advocate side of things, like they have the speed 2311. Oh yeah. They've yeah. Got the, I mean, Kurt Busch just won three weeks ago. Like yeah. they've got the speed, they've got the potential, but the crews that they have, or at least that 23 crew, like I just mentioned, like, it's no, just the 45 crew has just as many problems. Sucking. Yeah, They're no. Consistently sucking. And they le- and they leased the pit crew from Joe Gibbs. Like those right. are those are all the rejects from the fucking 18, 17, right. or uh 19, 20, and uh and uh 19. the 11 car. 11. Like, yeah. So yeah. like there, I don't know, man. I'm just well the whole the whole like pit crew thing is weird too, because this the cup guys they do Xfinity. And trucks. So, yeah. like, there's only a couple, to be honest with you. There's only a crew. couple great pit crews. Yeah. And, like, they travel around to other teams. Like, there's people that ran for Keselowski who would run for a completely different team in the trucks on, on Friday. You know, yeah. like, so those guys make their way around. And it just seems like maybe NASCAR should do a little bit more as far as advertising and getting people into that as a job. Like, um, you know, why aren't more people interested in I becoming think that's on the teams, though? I yeah, think I that's think the teams the recruit and stuff. 
Yeah. yeah, but where do you even rec- like? That's what I'm saying. Like, where do you even recruit if you're a team? Like, oh yeah, let me just go find some guys and say you're. I'm gonna make you uh, into all star pick crew. Like, no, they do. Where do you even get those guys? They have, you know? they have recruiters. They have recruiters just like um, just like uh, you know, the Jets have have recruiting for yeah. college. Each team, each of the major teams, anyway. I don't know and about the smaller organizations, but they. They have recruiters. They'll go find guys like that get cut from the practice squad of an NFL team. Like, hey, you want to try? Where are they getting them from? Where are they recruiting these people from? From like like practice. Yeah, like like they get cut from a practice squad on an NFL team. They're like, hey, you're a pretty big dude. Like, you want to give this a try? Like, come to our training camp. And then they'll train. Listen, I've brought this up a lot of times. If you go on Crackle, which is a free streaming yeah. service, uh, there's a, a docu-series. It's like a six-part docu-series on Hendrick Motorsports um, called uh, Race Drive, Day. Drive for, oh, yeah, yeah. It's not Drive to Survive, but it's something yeah. along those lines. If you search Hendrick, Automo- like Hendrick Motorsports documentary on Crackle, it'll come right up. Um, but they follow the pit crew guys and like some of the recruiting class, like they show people like coming in and testing out with the team, like to see if they could make it. And they cut a shit ton of guys and send them home. And like some of those guys are coming back the next year where like they're, it's kind of like when they go I'll out for the, the practice squad and I'll stuff. Tell you what you, I think we just stumbled upon something and we're going into the weeds and we'll continue on with the show here. But like, do you want to make these guys popular because we have the all-star race and, and, and we, we've, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to popularize these, these pit crew guys, these warriors that keep the show running. Why not have like a reality TV show about recruiting, about making, right. about making right. the, the, the teams, about staying on the teams, about what these guys go through. What does their daily lives look like? What does training look like? I think that that could be riveting, but anyway, it's a, it's called Road to Race Day on Crackle. It's free to stream with uh, some like advertisements, but it does just that, Matt. It shows that they they. But you're right. It's kind of like um, what's the uh, HBO docu series with the NFL? Hard uh, knocks. Hard knocks. Yeah. It's like do a hard knocks for for NASCAR. You know, yeah. like Eric, you talk about the um the one female pit crew member, the tire changer, all the time. She has her own branding and stuff because she's big on oh, Instagram yeah. and stuff. Um, Brandy, uh, what's yeah, her something, um, something like that? Let's yeah. not, let's Brie? not yeah, it's something, something but like, why isn't there a series following her? You know, I know she's on a backmarker team and stuff, but like, just follow all these people. That's what we need, especially to draw in some younger fans and everything. Get on a streaming service, hard, like. hard knock style show would be phenomenal for now. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, though, watch that Roads Race Day on Crackle. It's it's phenomenal. Like it really opens your eyes up to the day of day. And you want to watch race on uh, on Netflix with Bubba Wallace. That really opens yeah, your eyes up so to like good. team meetings and stuff with uh, with uh, yeah. 2311 and everything. But that's all I have for uh, race notes, man. I feel like we went through a lot of stuff. Um, Austin Sindrick wrecked out. Uh, he spun on his own. Blaine just spun twice. Just real bad luck. Suarez led for four times, 36 laps. Like we said, man, track house on fire. And then he, uh, he got taken out by an accident. Austin Dillon, big run near the end there. Uh, do you want to jump into last place? Yes, sir. Man, this guy's having a rough weekend. Every, every podcast likes to talk about the winner, Denny Hamlin, on a, a Monday or Tuesday. Here on the Bumper Run Podcast, though, we'd like to highlight the loser of the race, the person that came in last place, and that was one Ryan Priest. He made it 16 laps on Sunday night before getting loose, exiting four. Actually, pretty ironic, Chris Busher got... Uh, turned around right behind them and they made contact with each other. So yeah. Chris Busher's day was rough from the start too. 
Whoever I, I think I think I just thought of something here. Whoever gets the most last places at the end of the season gets the get it together award from the Bump and Run podcast. Ooh, that's that's a good one. I'll have to I'll have to start uh tabulating on a spreadsheet at work, get an Excel spreadsheet going. But uh yeah, that's last place drive Ryan Priest. Of course, we talked about him this year running part-time uh for Stewart. Well, he has He's working for Stuart Haas racing as like a backup driver and a simulator work. And then he's running part-time um, in the Xfinity and trucks and with Rick Ware racing. This was a Rick Ware racing race. And uh, he spun out yep. guys. We're running head first into silly season here too. Now that this summer is here, we're about to hit, hit silly season time. Yeah. It's, it's about to get exciting. Uh, I know we had a little taste of it with Kyle Busch and whatnot so far. Martin Truex Jr. No clue what he's going to be doing at the end of the year. Uh, Gibbs is going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, that's all I have for the race weekend. Uh, do you guys want to jump into the pick lanes, make it really quick? Cause, uh, we're running out of time quick here. Um, choose Conan's out. I got two topics. I saw this one on Twitter. Uh, Ross Chastain. Isn't a playoff contender. That was a hot take from a user on Twitter. What do you guys think about that? Probably the worst hot take I've ever read my entire life. Yeah. Like someone that has two wins and just absolutely can't finish anywhere outside of the top five. Like he's just constantly in the top. Like For and real. he's not a contender. Not, I mean, only, not only is Ross a playoff contender, but these teams better be careful because if they're not, they're going to be watching Ross Chastain lift a, a trophy at the end of this season as our champion. Yeah. That's, that's how serious Ross Chastain needs to be taken because he's consistently running up front. He's got his two wins so far this season. He's not going anywhere. And he's going to, he's one of the top four best drivers right now in the season so far. So uh, I think it was one of the most asinine things. That guy probably doesn't watch a lot. That guy or girl, whoever, whoever made that comment, Probably doesn't watch a lot of racing. Yeah. Probably saw that Ross, a new name up top that he doesn't recognize. And he's like, ah, he's not legit. He's only yeah. running second in points. I responded. I go, how? He's got more top fives than anyone else at this point. Second in top 10 finishes and is tied for most wins. Unless he falls off dramatically, how could he not be a contender? The right. person responded. This was the response. I feel like Ross's aggressiveness and no experience in cup playoffs will cost them. Someone else jumped in and goes, I think the aggressiveness will help in the playoffs. Yes. I yeah. totally agree, especially when you get deep into the playoffs. It's like you do whatever you can to survive, yeah. and I feel like Ross Chastain is hungry for more well, watermelons. Joey Logano is almost always in contention to make the Final Four or does make the Final Four, and it's because he's the most aggressive driver we've got on the circuit. For real. For real, until Ross Chastain starts getting into it with him and, right. and shows him who's boss. I agree. I think Ross Chastain, especially at this point, is a serious playoff contender. If not, like, I know early prediction, we called Ryan Blaney is going to be the uh, your champion. But, I mean, man, how can you not look at Ross Chastain right now? Um, next one, someone asked this on Reddit. Does NASCAR need to make points matter more throughout the regular season? I, I mean, I think the, I think the point system is fine. I mean, we're, we're having a tight battle the way it is. I don't think they need to matter more. Um, I just think, I think people get that idea in their head because NASCAR advertises a win as like the ultimate thing in the world, which I get it. It is, it's hard to win a cup, but when it comes to making the playoffs or not, 
a win necessarily to me as an Eric Jones fan in the last couple of years, we tried as a team and Eric as a driver to get that win. And I feel like I would yell at my TV every week and be like, stop going for the win just and like just come points. away with a great point stay and go for stage points because those are critical at the end of the season. If you don't win one race, you think you can win. Okay. Big deal. But if you go for that win multiple week after week after week, and you're losing out on all of these possible points, pushing that limit for a win, man, I was so frustrated, frustrated for years, yelling, just go for points, 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 points. And yeah, everyone wants to see their driver win. But sometimes when you know your team doesn't have the caliber to get up there and maybe get that win, you could still point your way into the playoffs. And most of the time, those drivers don't really go anywhere or do anything that points their way in because it shows that they can't win. And in the championship, you need to win in order to advance. Yeah. You need to have that fire in you. But I still think points is very, very important. And the battles alone um, that we follow, uh, the, to talk about storylines, points, it's I, I love a good points battle. Yeah, points are everything. It's you know you, we're coming off of a race where it it uh, it gave out the most points you get in an entire race in one season, and you know that's why I was so upset with Chase Elliott for being so aggressive and and getting knocked out of the race so early is because he's missing out on so many more point opportunities, especially when you're in the lead with points. They're so important. Yeah, and to risk, I don't want to. You know, this is a different conversation for a different time, but you know, to risk not changing up the, how like the, 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 um, the qualifiers and how to get into the playoffs, because we've had that conversation. I'm sure we'll have that conversation in the future. I'm not trying to do that, but instead of wins, like Eric just said, focus on points. If a team can focus on focusing on, you know, finishing inside the top 10 at the end of those stages, getting points, then you're going to be, well, if, if you're a team that doesn't necessarily know if you're going to be able to get a win before race 27, where the playoffs start, then maybe points is where you have to pay attention. And there are ample opportunities to get points. You're given points three different times during a, a race. If yeah. you're lucky, if you're, if you're, if you're racing up front. So, you know, running, running position in points is, is, is as crucial as ever. So it's not a points problem at all right now. I, uh, I personally struggle with this because my driver is usually right on that cutoff line with the yep. playoff. And he battle. is right now. And he is yep. right now. <laughs> And, and I love those battles. I love watching the points battle. And I love when it comes down to two points and you're like, man, if you just had a better finish in the second race of the year, like you could have made it into the playoffs. The thing that kills me though, is when guys who are in like 20th win a race, like just as a fluke or whatever. And then it pushes those guys that have just been more consistent out of the playoffs. Like right now, like Kurt Busch is 20th in points. He deserved that win, but like he's been struggling for a lot of this season. Austin Sendrick won the Daytona 500 automatically locked in. He's sitting 19th in points. Benny Hamlin has two wins and he's sitting 17th in points. I'm looking at Eric Jones in 16th. I'm saying Eric Jones deserves a playoff run a little bit more. I think than Austin Sendrick or Kurt Busch do. You know, uh, Austin Dillon, 15th in points. Eric Almirola, 14th in points. Kevin Harvick, 11th in points without a win right now. You go over to the playoff grid, and right now, Kevin Harvick's on the cut line with Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick because they don't have wins yet, even though 
they're in, you know, 10th, 12th and whatever places in the regular point standings. You look over to the playoff and they're they're barely in. They're just trying to survive. And then Eric Jones and Austin Dillon are on the outside looking in as like, you know, I don't know. It just it 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 makes for fun storylines, but at the same time, like I don't know. I'm over. I'm kind of over the win you're in. All I keep hearing right now in my head is Steve Latart breaking down the the playoff battle with two races left in the regular season, and I cannot wait for that because he's the best in the business to do it. He does. I do love watching the playoff battle. I I do. It's just I don't know, man. It's it sucks. Like right now we have eleven different winners. There's only five open spots to point your way in, and it's getting tougher and tougher to do every the, week. These are the races where you get those three, four extra points here and there. So when it comes down to race twenty six in uh, Daytona, you're hoping you don't get caught up in a big one. You hope you know you've got enough points built up where you're okay. You're in a safe place. This is the point in the season right here, right now, where points are as important as ever. And I feel like they're not talking about it in the NASCAR broadcast enough. Right. You know, but hey, that's Fox. It's because the win is everything to them. And like, I get it, like I said before, but, you know, I, I, would, I would be okay if they got rid of the win and you're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I would be too. Like, like I said, I, I didn't want to risk jumping into that conversation. Yeah. But I have that written down in my notes. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be okay with that. I would. I would like to see in the playoffs you win in a round, you automatically advance. Um, but I would like to see it just a points based going into the playoffs. I think maybe a little hybrid action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that. All right, uh, let's move it along because uh, we got a new track to talk about. We're heading to two new tracks actually this week. Uh, new track for the Cup Series Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, of course. Uh, Xfinity and trucks, no strangers to that trucks will be at gateway. Xfinity is heading to Portland international raceway. That's a road course, uh, trucks Saturday, one 30 on FS one for the Toyota 200 Xfinity four 30 on FS one for the Pacific office automation One Forty Seven, and then cup Sunday, three 30 on FS one for the enjoy Illinois 300 presented by ticket smarter. Uh, and because it is a new racetrack for cup series, we are getting a full cup practice, 50 minutes practice Friday night at five Oh five. And then qualifying Saturday morning at 11. I'm excited to see gateway and the cup cars. How about you guys? I can't wait. I've actually been itching to get to a road course, to be honest with you. No, well, gateway's not a road course. Portland's a road. Portland's a road course. Gateway is. Uh, oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so Xfinity's at the road course. This yeah, week. yeah. Okay. Cups at Gateway. It's that. It's got long stretches and then like tight Darwin, turns. It, it does. It, it looks a little like Darling. I'll get into it. I'll get into why I just said that. But okay, yeah, because one end is bigger than the other. It's yeah. about. It's a mile track, right? It's or one just on, five. Okay, so uh, yeah, I, you we only raced it in NASCAR heat on the trucks and I always did real bad in the trucks. I'm a terrible short track racer, but I uh, always, always looked forward to watching the truck series on television. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into the bets right now to recap our picks from Charlotte. I won. I picked Denny Hamlin. He got me 41 points. Uh, Eric picked Christopher bell. He also got you 41 points. Big point Uh-oh. day for Christopher bell and uh, William Byron. Uh, 
uh, was Matt's pick. He got you five points uh, due to that that wreck early on with Ryan Blaney. Now, because me and Eric are tied, um, and I won last week, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go last. I'll concede and give you the uh, the second pick. So Matt picks first, Eric picks second, and I'll pick last because I picked that winner last week. So are we going into the picks, or do you want me to give the uh, the betting lines? Give us the betting lines, and then we'll jump into the picks. Okay, so very quick. I know we're short on time here. The betting lines are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, the top ten odds-on favorites from the from the bottom down will go. We'll start with Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick are both tied at a plus twelve hundred odds. Uh, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, and William Byron all have the same odds, uh, plus one thousand. Uh, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. teammates over at Joe Gibbs Racing, both tied at plus 900. And then Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson, again, the two Kyles are your favorites. Both are at plus 800. Now, this is being recorded uh, Tuesday night, so those odds are going to change, especially after practice and qualifying. Those are really, really good odds, for, uh, and I believe that our winner is going to come from within that group that I just mentioned. Uh, so really, really good odds, a real good chance to win some good money there if you feel strongly about someone. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick because William Byron got me five lousy points this week. Um, and uh, so Gateway is a 1.25 mile track. The closest possible comparison to that we've seen so far, the Cup guys on, is, is Darlington. It's a similar layout and uh, similar track size. Darlington is 1.33 miles. So... I am forced to go ahead and look at what happened at Darlington. And I saw one guy that stood out. He His average running position was a 2.4. He led the most laps at Darlington and his driver rating was 138.5. And oh, by the way, he also won the race. I'm going with the 22 Pennzoil Shell Ford from Penske Racing, Joey Logano. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, how about you, Eric? Who are you picking to win at Gateway? I'm going with somebody that I haven't picked yet this year as a winner. Um, I'm going with somebody that I've been been watching closely these last couple of weeks get better and better and better and figure out this car. And, you know, it's – I think it's time that Kevin Harvick gets back into victory lane this week. I can see it. Very interesting. So uh, Matt sent some alternative uh, stats earlier in the group text um, because trucks and Xfinity have been there past. We do have some winner data. Uh, the most recent winner in the trucks was Ross Chastain in 2019. Justin Haley has a win there. Christopher Bell has a win there. Cole Custer, Bubba Wallace, and Kevin Harvick all have wins there. So Harvick was a good pick there. Um, and I was looking at that and one name stood out. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Eric picked him to win uh, this past week at Charlotte. I'm going with Christopher Bell. He's just been running so consistently in the top 10 and top five. The win's coming, and I think it's coming this weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Hey, guys, not to pour salt in the wound or anything, but uh, it's the first weekend in June, and we're not going to Pocono. Uh, I, just thought about that. I just thought about that. That stinks. I would have picked Bell for Pocono also, just throwing that out there. Um, I probably would have went hometown hero with my boy in the 43 car. Yeah. Um, it does suck, but we got we got uh, some great racing coming up in July. I already got my camping ticket. Very excited. Bought a new tent 
Um, uh, I'm pumped to try that bad boy out. Uh, I haven't unboxed it yet. But how about those? Uh, how about the head-to-heads? We have we have time for some head-to-heads. You have a couple them? minutes here. Okay, so we've got the head-to-heads as well. We keep um, forgetting the head-to-heads, and I apologize. Every week we hang up, and I go, "God damn, I forgot those head-to-heads." Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, let's let's roll with it. So two young guns are our first head-to-head matchups, both at minus one ten odds. Again, provided by DraftKings Sportsbook. Ross Chastain versus William Byron. Um, you can't go wrong with either one of them, really. Uh, I just Ross Chastain is just consistently, consistently running well. I'm rolling with Ross Chastain. He's won at Worldwide Technology Raceway, so uh, I'm going with them based off that. I'm going with the 24, a slick Willie two clocks. I'm going with Ross Chastain. I'm, I, I'm going with him. Okay. Uh, next one, Whitey, you got some skin in the game. It is Tyler Reddick versus Trace Briscoe. Tyler Reddick is minus 130 odds. He is the big-time favorite against Chase Briscoe, uh, who is plus 10, 110. Uh, Reddick's just running better um, when he's staying out of the grass. Uh, I'm going with Tyler Reddick. <laughs> hey, he passed two people in that grass. I'm going with Tyler Reddick too. Yeah, I got that eight car as well. And then you've got Denny Hamlin versus Kyle Larson, two guys who we might start seeing throughout the summertime going head to head a lot more often. I think both of them are hot. Yeah. Um, uh, Denny Hamlin coming off of a win. Kyle Larson. A wheel man. Denny's never been here in the Cup Series. Well, no one has. Uh, I'm rambling too much. I'm going with Kyle Larson. Yeah, I'm going with yeah, I'm Denny going with, Hammond. Yeah, I'm going with Denny too. Taking the hot hand here. Okay. okay. Yeah, I and feel like Toyo has been too strong recently not to. Fair, very fair. Uh, last one: Christopher Bell versus Alex Bowman. Christopher Bell minus one fifteen, and Alex Bowman minus one hundred five. So Christopher Bell, the slight favorite. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, it has kind of figured it out the last few weeks. And for that reason, I am going to go with Christopher Bell. Well, I took Denny Hamlin before this. And speaking of Denny Hamlin, I'm going to take the hack. Wow. wow. Going with Bowman. I'm, I mean, I picked him to win. I got to go Christopher Bell on this one. It just seems like one of those races that Bowman's just going to be like, okay, Bowman just won that race. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we will see this Sunday. Uh, we are 14 races in. We have 11 different winners course austin Sindrick, kyle larson alex bowman chase briscoe william byron with two ross chastain with two denny hamlin now with two kyle bush chase elliott joey logano and kurt bush all lock themselves into the playoffs can christopher bell do it this week in gateway will joey logano get win number two or will it be I can't Kevin believe. Harvick. Or will it be Kevin Harvick, the veteran, locking himself into the playoffs? It was a hard weekend. It was a hard weekend, and hopefully this weekend is a great weekend at a new track all around for the Cup Series and Xfinity Series. We'll find out Cup this Sunday, 3.30 on FS1 for the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, and we will break it all down for you Monday night, back to our regularly scheduled time. We had to enjoy the holiday weekend while we can. First stat, Matt, the stat man, Riley. For Eric, Daytona, Ron. I'm Michael D. White saying have a good night and go check out the new Top Gun. (laughs) 